Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the source wall to the negative zone and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson, and with me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? That's the first time in a long time you've referenced something that I didn't get. The negative zone or the source wall? Source wall. Source wall is like, um, it's a DC thing where like on the very edge of the universe is this like wall that is the source of the universe i guess like it's kind of ill-defined and um there has been occasion where you know superman or somebody um has to you know there's like a villain that is so unstoppable and so ruthless that they have to he flies them to the source wall and pins them there so they cannot escape or wreak havoc on the rest of the universe all right cool i learned something today here we go here you go Game on Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Um, We have punching stories for you. What's that? Punch and pie. Do we have punch and pie? Yeah, we have punch and pie. Okay, cool. Um, Wow. I haven't heard a reference to the South Park movie in quite some time. (laughs) Quite some time. Um, hitting all, I would say I would hit, I, we're hitting the main three universes tonight. Only one story in one of them, but we're giving you some Star Wars, some DC and some Marvel stuff. But we're starting out with a quick, um, mention of, um, the strike, the Writers Guild of America strike that we talked about last week. And this isn't necessarily about that specifically, but it should be noted that SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, Apparently is also in negotiations with major studios, and this week they um, uh, they the members of SAG are currently voting on whether or not to authorize a strike should a strike be necessary. So usually, if a union starts sending um, ballots out to their members to vote to whether or not they should authorize a strike, that means that they're closer to a strike than um you know than not i guess so um i I feel like we're just a step closer to having all the writers in hollywood and possibly also the actors in hollywood on strike as well and if that happens nobody's filming anything those things that we told you last week or two weeks ago that we're still in production they're not going to be in production anymore if no one's writing them and no one's acting in them those things are not moving forward. No, because no if anyone try. missed it a decade ago, SEG and the television and radio guild uh, combined. So it's all, yeah. you know, SEG after is like everyone. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. there's no stone unturned. Everyone will be on strike. <laughs> yeah. And that means not, I mean, that in addition to, um, you know, acting and filming, I, I'm pretty sure that that includes like, things like promotion yeah um you know showing up on talk shows doing like, interviews showing podcasts, up at comic-con kind of stuff, which like is coming up comic-con exactly that's exactly what i was about to say steve yeah, yeah so um you know who knows if this is if if everybody's on strike 
and it lasts as long as we think at least the writer strike is going to last, then um, Comic Con's not going to, you know, maybe maybe not be so exciting. You know, it's just going to be James yeah. Gunn yeah. talking for a half hour, not bring anybody else on stage, followed by Kevin Feige talking for a half hour, not bring anybody else out on stage. Right? Don't get us wrong; we'll still talk way too much about it. <laughs> but... Yeah, it'll be great, but it'll be subdued. Somewhat. Very different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we're gonna have lines uh, out the door at, um, you know, Hall H or whatever they normally have. Um, so anyway, quick uh, update on uh, the strike for you. Um, and moving right into a segment that we um, usually open with when we have it, but we just had to sneak that strike thing in there um, soon. And again, getting down there on um, segments that we're going to do in this, or sorry, versions of this segment that we're going to do because time's running out for Flash Watch. This is a pretty quick one. We, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so, we talked about how uh, Tom Cruise apparently had seen The Flash and loved it so much he called the director, Andy Muschietti, tell him that uh, it was a, such a great movie. Um, apparently now in uh, continuing the tradition of random celebrities seeing advanced screenings of this movie and loving it. Stephen King noted uh, horror and suspense author. Stephen King has seen the flash tweeted uh, this week quote. I got an advanced screening of the flash today. As a rule, I don't care a lot for superhero movies, but this one is special. It's heartfelt, funny and eye popping. I loved it. So I guess that's a pretty rave review from Stephen King, considering he claims to not care about uh, superhero movies and liked it enough to tweet about it. Um, there was a fan that responded underneath that tweet saying, tagging James Gunn and saying, James Gunn, is this true? And James Gunn responded, hell yes, it is. So hey, um, that works. Stephen King and Tom Cruise add their names to the list of people that love this movie. Coming out a uh, month, a little over a month. Something like that. Two months. We were just talking about release dates the other day. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, we had a full run. Like the the two of us uh, off offline went uh, went down through. I think all the way to December of this year, and yeah. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> oh, but no, it is June though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It June. is sometime in June. Because yes. June is Spider Verse, The Flash, and Indiana Jones Five. Yep. yep. Man, that's <laughs> what a month! Can't wait, and we're only weeks away. So close to Spider Verse coming out. Oh yeah. Um. I'm still Speaking. I'm still here holy for uh August and Ahsoka. So Yeah, I know. Yeah, this, this has been a, <laughs> this is a good summer. Imagine not only I mean, we are getting all these things this summer. But Steve, imagine if they're all great. Wouldn't it be oh, great be if amazing. none of these things are bad? Yeah. That'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> I hope I love all of these movies. It would just be the best summer of nerdery ever. As you dumb know? as it sounds, um, I think I need Spider-Verse to hit the hardest just because I'm holding it to such a level. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything else, it's like Ahsoka, who knows? Like, yes, it's going to be Rebel Season 5. That's great. But whatever, like there's no bar to be set. Into the Spider-Verse set the bar so goddamn high for this movie. Yeah, (laughs) it really did, dude. And let me tell you, I watched it with my son and my wife um, this Saturday because I had plans and they got rained out. It was a rainstorm here. And um, he had seen the trailer for Across the Spider-Verse for the second one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, can we see that? And I was like, I think so. Do you remember? Because we watched the first one with him like years ago. Mm-hmm. 
like during COVID or whatever, and he doesn't remember it because he was too young. Right. Um, but it's a PG movie. It's rated PG. So we watched it, and we watched. So we watched it again, and he loved it. He thought it was so good, and it had been a while since I'd seen it. And both me and my wife just kept looking at each other like, I can't believe how good this movie is. Like, it's just, oh yeah, it's just perfect. It's just so good. It's just so good. Um, so I agree with you. Like now my hype for Across the Spider-Verse is higher than it even was because the new, the old one is now, you know, fresh in my mind about how, how good it is. Um, and speaking of how good it is, I'm going to jump to our second DC story real quick. Um, because we're kind of on the topic of it, but uh, an interview um, with GQ, a video interview, you can find it on YouTube or the GQ site. James Gunn, uh, writer, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films and um, new president of DC films, uh, was asked to talk about his top five favorite comic book movies. Hmm. And uh, he named as his top five favorite comic book films, number five was Deadpool. Number four was Old Boy, which I did not realize was based on a manga, I believe. Um, A History of Violence, which I think is an incredible film. Uh, This uh, Superman, the movie. And his number one was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And he talked about how um, incredible the movie is, that there's no, it is just flawless the entire time and doesn't make any missteps at any point. And... Um, he also mentioned how inspiring it was to see like what animation can do, which made me like, ooh, is he trying to like take some of uh, Spider-Verse energy to put it into some of his like creature commandos or whatever other animation stuff that he's planning on? Because if so, awesome. He's, yep. If he's if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> steal from Spider-Verse, for sure. Um so yeah, dude, we're only a couple weeks out from across the Spider-Verse and I, yeah, can't wait. That's I should go back and rewatch Into the Spider Verse. That hundred percent. You I, should. I saw it. Hundred percent. I think I watched it a couple months ago randomly, but it was like, you know, one of those where it was on in the background. I should like, yeah, sit down and spend some time with it and actually yeah, like sure. rewatch it instead of highly just recommend ancillarily have it on. Do you think I mean, your son is like a year older, year younger than my son? Do you yep. think he handle it or enjoy it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's seen the whole OT for Star Wars, so like, yeah, similar. Like, he was watching me play Jedi Survivor this morning, so right. Yeah, he could probably handle it. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'd be fine as long as like, what once he got past like the big kingpin stuff, like he'd be fine. Oh, you mean? I mean, spoiler alert for Into the Spider Verse. If you haven't seen this movie, then you should fast forward. If you haven't seen it, go watch it now and then go stop listening to us and go watch this best Spider-Man movie that's ever been made. Whatever we do doesn't hold a candle to anything Into the Spider Verse does. No, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now and then come back and hear us talk about this. Spoiler: three, two, one. Steve, do you mean when Kingpin murders Peter Parker with his bare hands? Yeah, that'd be it in the in the first act. Yeah. That would be the one. <laughs> yep. Insane that that happens in a PG rated Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. So cool. And my son turns to me and goes, what, what did he, did he just hit Spider-Man? I go, yeah. He goes, did he kill him? Yeah. Is Sp- he's dead? Is Spider-Man dead? It's like, yeah, yeah, buddy, he is. What? Like his <laughs> mind was like blown, but he wasn't like, scared or sad because the focus is so on so much on miles he was yeah. like very so invested in miles um 
Yeah, like Spider-Man's an ancillary character until Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Spider-Man show up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because you meet Peter B. Parker like, you know, five minutes later in the movie. So you're like, oh, okay. Okay. well, here's here's a Peter Parker for me. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of looks the same. He's got a little gut, but it's okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, it's so good. Easily, easily one of the greatest superhero movies ever. Even that, like that scene where he's like bouncing. (laughs) Oh, God. Like right after they meet yeah. Peter B. Parker, I'm just like, mm. yeah. Oh, they're stuck together, and he's yeah, dragging he's just him. dragging yeah. him oh along. Yeah, like, that's so just it's hilarious. Um, I <laughs> yeah, I want to keep talking. Yeah, about we could we could keep like going. We should go back while. to the show. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go <laughs> back to the A4 rundown. Guy. We're gonna pull a Star anyway, Wars with Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. And if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I would literally say it's probably in my top three superhero, all-time superhero films. And Concur. 100% the best Spider-Man movie that they've ever made. Right. And easily. and in that three, it could fluctuate from one, two, three at any given moment. Like, it's that good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Proper DC um, news. Well, it's not even really news. It's just kind of an update. You know, we've been talking since James Gunn has been named... Um, the co-president or co-CEO, whatever the actual title is, of DC Studios, um, beginning to shepherd his new universe. Part of the things that, one of the, the big things that we've loved about his time so far, having not actually produced anything yet, um, but has announced some things, but even before he announced anything, uh, Steve, you and I were really big fans of him being a voice for uh, the DC universe. Um which had not had one before. You know, DC was always plagued with announcements that didn't go anywhere and rumors and detractions and accusations and all this kind of stuff. Um, And James Gunn really kind of like jumped on social media to be the one that be like, this is what's happening. This is not happening. I can't talk about this, but this is not happening. This rumor is not true. This rumor is not true. This is not what we're doing. Don't trust this person. You know, like just yeah. really coming out and debunking or clarifying stuff, which, you know, I know you appreciate it as well. But for me, for a DC fan, it was like, oh, thank God. Somebody is finally like writing the ship. Like, OK, I feel like somebody is in charge of this. And whether or not you like James Gunn and his work, I happen to love his work. But um, I was going to say, I feel like the amount we fanboy over him, if somebody doesn't like James Gunn's work, they're not listening. They're probably not listening to us. Yeah. But like, even if you didn't, I feel like the like, oh, wow, this is new for DC. Somebody, you know, Marvel, it's not like Kevin Feige comes out and debunks every rumor. um, But DC has had so much like junk thrown at it um, over the last 10 years while they've been, you know, fits and starts trying to start their universe. It was like a breath of fresh air. But um, this week, uh, just a couple days ago, uh, James Gunn posted the following on Twitter. He said, I'm getting barraged with bullshit DC rumors this morning. I'll just reiterate the general rule not to believe anything unless it comes from me or Peter, meaning his producing partner, Peter Safran. But unless it's especially egregious, I'm going to slow down on calling it out. Sorry, I know it's one of my favorite traditions. There are three reasons for this. One, some people are making up lies to get attention from me or to get clicks, and I don't want to encourage that. Two, I've read a hundred rumors this morning. One of them is half true. So I don't want to be used as a way for people to throw nonsense at the wall until something sticks. Three, I'm storyboarding Superman Legacy, and I don't have time. Have a great day. So I feel like this is kind of inevitable. Um, 
the busier that he gets in the DCU, the less time he's going to have to um, smack down, you know, um, rumors and things like that. I will miss it. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly he's not going to completely retire from it if they're especially egregious and things like that. So won't necessarily have quite as much um, to read into um, from yep. James Gunn's Twitter feed moving forward. Um, but there, he also this week, in response to the Superman casting rumors that we talked about last week on the show, um, he said that he would never comment on any actors that are auditioning um, for any role in any of his movies, and that only one character has been cast in Superman Legacy, and it is not one of the standard Superman characters. So he's not not Clark Kent. It's not Perry White. It's not Jimmy Olsen. It's not Lois Lane. Um, this led immediately to resurfaced rumors of it being Jason Momoa and that he will be playing Lobo in the film. Now, uh, this is rumor has been around for a long time. This specific rumor came from somebody, Steve, that you and I trust, Jeff Snyder, from um, the Hot Mike podcast and Above the Line. Actually, we're going to talk about a number of Jeff Snyder scoops. He dropped some uh, some hot scoops this week. And one of them being that Jason Momoa, you know, he keeps hearing that Lobo is going to be in Superman Legacy, which would make sense. And I think is a cool idea, you know, because we, we were talking about at when in our in our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review, I said something about how when I was watching the movie at one point, I was like, oh, man, this is the guy that's going to make Superman. And it made me really excited. And although the Superman movies that we have have been of varying quality, obviously, none of them I don't think have really embraced the weirdness that is out there in the Superman universe. Like there's some weird stuff like there's crazy aliens and just his villains are wacky and insane. Some of them and Lobo is uh, a gateway. You know, he's like an alien bounty hunter who looks like Jason Momoa on a mo space motorcycle. Like that's a weird yeah. stuff. Um, and I, I like, I think having him in the, in a Superman movie, not only is true to Superman lore and DC comics lore because their adversary is quite a bit, but it also helps him build a universe. Cause like, let's, I mean, Superman legacy is yes, it's a Superman movie, but he's also like, this is his first step into building his DCU. So it's a world building. It's got to be a world building movie on some level, as well as servicing just like Superman and his like core characters. So I think having Lobo in there is a good idea. Um, Jeff Snyder also said that he's hearing that they are looking to cast Mr. Terrific for a role in Superman legacy as well. Michael Holt character, Mr. Terrific. Um, which would be cool. I feel like he's a Justice League guy. He's not necessarily affiliated with Superman often, but certainly they could bump into each other. So, Well, that's always the thing with these, though, too, is like even even when they said something's been cast, but it isn't a main, you know, Superman person, mm -hmm. it could just be like a random cameo or like yeah. something that's, yes, it's a named character that they're going to get, you know, whatever hits they have to for where they're listed in the credits, but it might be, you know, somebody shows yeah. up for two, three minutes and like, right. like Lobo, it could just be a random one-off reference to him or something along those lines to set up further things. Yeah. Yeah. Or he could run into him in a, 
like he could be in some outer space situation and run into Lobo. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's like the villain of the movie or anything, right. you know, could so, be. He could there's be a lot though. of, oh yeah, that's, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks. Do you think, do you think Gunn leading Superman legacy off with Lobo as the villain would be the, I guess that would be a James Gunn way to do it, but yeah, he made a Suicide Squad movie where they fight Starro the Conqueror at the end. Right, which was <laughs> so, amazing. But Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, Lobo is like, sometimes he's like an anti-hero. You know, he's a bounty hunter. So, right. he's kind of like out for himself. He's not necessarily um, evil, you know. He's just trying to make money. So, like, but that runs into, super, runs into conflict with Superman if he's trying to bounty hunt somebody that Superman cares about or whatever. I've got it. They should make a spinoff TV series, The Book of Lobo. The <laughs> Book of Lobo Fat? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, what was I just going to say? Oh, I was going to say, do you think, here's a question for you. Michael Rooker okay. is in every James Gunn movie, right? Yep. That's like a thing. He loves Michael Rooker, puts him in every single one of his movies. Michael Rooker was in the Suicide Squad as Savant, and spoiler alert, dies pretty early on in that Spo- movie. Spoiler alert for the first seven minutes of the movie. The first seven minutes of that movie, yeah. Um, is there a chance that Michael Rook, like who? What is Michael? Is Michael Rooker going to be in Superman Legacy? And is it weird if it's going to be like technically the same universe? Like this guy looks just like <laughs> this guy that died in Suicide Squad. I don't know. Yeah, no, that'd be. Hmm. I mean, same thing with Nathan Fillion. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, because Nathan Fillion was. Uh, the I can't remember who he kid. was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I remember he was yeah. in it, and he yeah, peaced out just like everybody else. <laughs> well, no, he actually his character is coughing. He's he's not he's actually he's not, not, dead. Dead not dead, dead, dead when like because there's like a a song break when the credits hit and yeah. they're like going over all the bodies <laughs> that are there, and he's the only one that's still oh, okay. alive. Um, but I don't know. I feel like same with Nathan Fillion. Like both those actors are better than those characters. Like he cast those roles thinking that he wasn't not thinking he was going to be in charge of the DC universe two years later. And, you know, I'm sure at this point they could write it off like, oh, yeah, the Flash ran back in time and changed all this stuff. Like whatever, however, the Flash is going to end could open the door for anything. I think just this just popped in my head right now after I asked you the question about Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker would be great Perry White, like editor of the Daily Planet, Perry White. I yeah. can see that working really well. Yeah, he gives off that. Uh, what What is it with? <laughs> you got Perry White, you got J. Jonah Jameson. Like if you're yeah. a newspaper editor in all of comics. Yeah, like, the older and grizzled and cigar smoking. Yeah, and, and crotchety wow. and pissed yeah. off at life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no. Yeah, Michael Except, Rooker would be uh, awesome with it. <laughs> he'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Perry White's got a uh does not have an antagonistic relationship with the title character though. That's right. the difference right there. Yeah, there's Perry no White yeah. is likes Clark Kent a lot. Yeah. Um so anyway, I think that's all the uh uh DC stuff that we had cuz we already talked about James Gunn's top 5 favorite comic book films which isn't really a story, just cool. And that's a cool video, listening to him talk about stuff like that, listening to him talk about Superman. 
knowing that he's going to make a Superman movie and like what he likes about it and stuff. It's like, hmm, okay, hmm. Big fan of the Fortress of Solitude, eh? Hmm, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, moving into some Marvel stuff. Marvel did not have a great week, I don't think. We got some bummer, um, well, not totally bummer. We got, uh, let's just get into it. We got some release dates for shows that we were not sure were even going to come out this year. Um, Loki Season 2 and Echo both uh, had been rumored to be pushed to 2024 under Disney. Bob Iger talking about companies tightening belts and not going to spend as much money and they've been spending too much and thought things were going to be pushed. Uh, for a while, we thought Strange... No, not Strange Adventures. Secret Invasion. There you I don't go. Know why I couldn't say yeah. I was like, it's an S word. It's definitely an S word. Stra- um, Strange Adventures was so far off that I was even lost as to where yeah, you were going. Know, with yeah, I'm like, I, I, I got nothing. I had to. I had to say it to get to get over <laughs> the hump. I had to say it and acknowledge that I was wrong. Um, we thought Secret Invasion was going to be the only Marvel show that we got in 2023. Now we know that it's going to be Secret Invasion in June, and then in October, October 6th, we're getting Loki season two. Second season, uh, first second season of any Marvel show will begin to debut on October 6th and release weekly, as is tradition. But hold up, Echo series uh, based uh, spinoff of um, the Hawkeye series with the character of Echo. Are you dropping all of its episodes at once on November 29th, a little over a month after um loki came out so um if you know i feel like netflix started the whole binging thing right yep and really conditioned everybody to when other streamers started really ramping up their output and releasing things weekly people were like oh what do you mean it's coming out weekly i can't binge it all it's like yo this is how television has worked forever right like this is the normal thing netflix is the outlier here. right they just happened to be the only game in town and was doing the binge For, ex- exactly they were the only game in town and other streamers emulated that i think yeah but now pretty much everyone has realized besides netflix because they feel like they can't give it up all the other streamers have realized like oh no this keeps people talking about our shows for much longer than a weekend if we drop all 10 episodes at once right you talk about it for a week and then it's gone you know if we release loki over 10 weeks or whatever people will talk about it for 10 weeks well yeah i mean it keeps it in the cultural zeitgeist but it also from their standpoint keeps people subscribed exactly exactly so steve taking all that into consideration Echo dropping all of its episodes at once on November 29th. What does that tell you about Echo? It tells me that they think Echo's a pile of ass. Tells me that Echo's bad. Yeah. Echo's probably bad. Yep. Um, and there's an outlying chance that they just realized that it's going to, it would work better as a binge than stretched out over weeks. That's possible. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. But. When you take that information and you match it up with something that our buddy Jeff Snyder said this week on his podcast, he said the following regarding Echo. I heard the show was kind of plagued by issues throughout production. I heard that it was a mess and that the show came in so bad that they basically had to reshoot the entire thing. I'm told 
that they originally shot eight episodes and Kevin Feige thought it was unreleasable. So they talked about cutting it down to four episodes or six in post, but then they ended up reshooting it. So my source did not actually know how many episodes they wound up with. But yeah, apparently it needed a top down rejiggering and that Kevin was not happy with it. Not great, Bob. So they had to not great, not great, Bob. So they had to shoot this show. According to Jeff Snyder, they had to shoot this show twice. And because the first time was, according to Kevin Feige, unreleasable. So uh, apparently was improved because they're going to release it, but it seems like they don't think that it's going to be able to hold an audience week to week. Hence, they are dropping it all at once late November. And that's when Hawkeye came out. Hawkeye came out in late November because it was like Christmas. It was taking place at Christmas time and that was still a week to week. So it's not like they're scared of it, it being holiday times or seasonal or whatever, you know? Yeah, it just feels like it maybe one that they at this point can't release for a tax write-off or anything or can't like not put out for yeah. a tax write-off and they're just like well we greenlit it might as well throw it up there yeah um uh and that's a bummer for me because this was a show that like i was actually kind of looking forward to because i have no preconceived expectations of this character right or what i want the show to be i was like that actually might be the most entertaining of what has been announced for me because it'll be new and fresh and it'll, you know, be bogged down by continuity necessarily. Um, But uh, apparently, I don't know, not going to be as good as I was hoping. Yeah. Um, But you brought up something that we should touch on. It was also announced this week. I didn't put this in the rundown. You mentioned they don't want to just bury it for a tax write-off. Disney... Well, one, apparently last week mm, we forgot to yes. talk about it. Disney announced that Disney Plus and Hulu are going to be merging into one app. Yep. Which is wild. And well, what does that look like? It's because not, Hulu it's doesn't not just wild. have Disney stuff. It's not that wild because literally everywhere else in the world, it's like that. Yeah. But like Hulu doesn't just have Disney stuff. It's got stuff from other networks too. So like, isn't that going to be weird? I, I did there, did the, the other deals run out and. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't think so. I want to say it might be primarily like Disney or Disney controlled content at this point. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch enough Hulu yeah. <laughs> to know about it, I guess. I watch Letterkenny um, on there and that's about it. Um, yeah. but, um, but anyway, Disney announced this week that they are going to be um, deleting a lot of... Um, shows and movies that were made specifically for Hulu and specifically for Disney Plus, including uh, Why the Last Man and uh, Willow, the series Willow that just came out six months ago. Um, I still don't get the Why the Last Man thing. What's that? I still don't get the Why the Last Man thing. I mean, I definitely don't get the Willow thing, but like how that didn't get greenlit for a second season, I don't know. It deserved so much better. It was so good. It deserved so much better. But like when you just like try to get more people to watch Willow, like advertise it a little bit more and you're just it's not getting a physical release. So once it's gone, it's going to be gone forever. Like you won't be able to watch it ever again forever. You know what I think? I think what happened with Willow is I think they overestimated because the people that loved it and embraced it as kids really came out vocally. But I think they overestimated how many people actually saw it as a kid. 
Yeah, I think they did too. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm just shocked that though they would make and release a show and six months later, like delete it from existence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, fair enough. And and they, and that's what this is. If they're taking a tax write off, that they're like legally bound to never show it unless they give the money back or something. And they're not going to do that. Um, and this is what HBO Max was doing with Batgirl and other stuff that they took off their streaming service. All those episodes of Sesame Street and Scooby Doo and stuff that they just deleted. Um, you know, artists, people, writers, actors work really hard on these shows, and now they're just gone forever, just forever. It's so shitty. It's just so shitty. And I feel like this is more, we talked about when HBO Max was doing it, that like streaming bubble, I think, has burst, and this is the fallout from it, and companies are now ditching stuff so they don't have to pay residuals and licenses on these stuff, this thing, these things anymore that people aren't, watching as much or whatever so yeah no and I, I pulled up the list too you have like the world according to jeff goldblum which was yeah absolute gold i know i was shocked that they're getting rid of that yeah turner and hooch i didn't know that still existed um but like marvel's yeah, like a series marvel's hero project like really yeah that, you're you're canning that of all things like that's a marvel show about real life kids that have like overcome serious issues and yeah. stuff like mm -hmm. you, that that's what you're canning pentatonics yeah, around the world for the holidays like okay cool whatever like that i'm sure has quite a subscriber base or people that would want to tune into it i'm sure people will watch it every christmas yeah uh, you know the, like that's a seasonal thing but like people will tune in and watch that the mighty ducks doing? really yeah okay i know whatever i know so, I don't know, you can look up this list that Steve's looking if you want. And um, I think it was like May 26th, so it's like a week away. Yeah. So start, if you wanted to see any of these things, watch them because they're literally going to be gone forever. Like, they won't exist anywhere else in any format for the rest of time. <laughs> so right. um, Unless Disney sells off is, the rights to them, which likely isn't going to happen. Likely is not going to happen. Um, just so, Just so shitty. Um, well, I thought I was going to say something else about this. Oh, it's like I I was texting with you about they also announced this week that um, finally the Indiana Jones films are coming to Disney Plus. And I've been just dumbfounded why it took so long for them to get on there. Um, but uh, they're all going to be and they announced it the day after I bought Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on Blu-ray. Um, cause I watched that, I watched like a, a lesser quality version of that movie that I get on my buddy's Plex server. I've watched it a lot in the last couple of years and it's become like a comfort movie. So I was like, I need a better looking quality. I'm, I need a better quality version of this movie to watch. I'm going to keep watching it so much. And, uh, so I bought it on Blu-ray and then the next day there's like, Oh, it's coming to Disney plus in 4k. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I just wasted my money on this Blu-ray. And then I saw this announcement of how they're deleting stuff. And I was like, mm, I'm going to hold on to that Blu-ray. Because, like, it's starting to, not that any of these shows got physical releases, because that, again, costs money for a uh, corporation to do, and they don't want to be doing that. But, um, I, I mean, I can't imagine that Disney's going to start getting rid of, like, Star Wars movies or shows from their service, but 
if they do, I want to make sure I own them on Blu-ray. I feel like stuff like I read stuff like this and it's it's pushing me back towards physical media, which yeah. I was huge into for a long time. I got out of I've donated and sold a lot of like my Blu-ray collection or whatever that I had. But like I'm starting to think that I should occasionally start picking these up because who knows if HBO Max is like, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of all the DC stuff before before the James Gunn universe. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, okay, I'm glad that I own Man of Steel on Blu-ray or whatever, you know, like I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what else I don't like? What don't you like? That King Dynasty seems to be stuck in weird development hell without a writer. That's right. Avengers Kang Dynasty apparently has lost its writer Jeff Loveness writer of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was originally selected to write Kang Dynasty and again another scoop from Mr. Jeff Snyder says that uh, he is off the movie and he was off before the writer strike happened Marvel is now going to have to start from scratch with a new writer but clearly not until after the writer strike is over right um, whenever that's going to happen well, I guess not um, right. what's that I said right, and then I was like, wait, not right. There's no yeah, writing going right. on. No writing at all happening. Um, and he also said that this is likely due, at least in part, to the bad reviews uh, that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania received. Um, Disney and... Uh, all right, Soapbox. Yeah, now. like... Like, why, why does one movie influence another? Like... It may be a completely different source material. It may be something completely different. Like look at look at Star Wars with Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson yeah. after The Last Jedi, before before it came out and got completely panned, the like Kennedy and everybody else at Lucasfilm thought that was going to be the next big thing. And they immediately mentioned a trilogy and like They greenlit him a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how well the production of the last jedi went it's how much they loved working with ryan johnson right showed up on time under budget like yep everything went smooth as butter and yep. then after the controversy caused by the last jedi they now you know now ryan's back doing glass onion and the knives out stuff and like we talk all the time but yep. it's just about finding the right time to do it oh okay. yeah so it's like i like why why does everything ebb and flow off of a different movie that would have had a different script a different feel a different treatment from your upper management like from producers from the studio from all sorts of stuff yeah like i don't i don't get it quantumania like, and this are very different movies if that's true like maybe he wrote a draft and then they didn't like it you know like that could have just been it too like maybe they didn't like the direction that yeah. he took the movie but like if it is at all based on reviews that's like some that's like five years ago warner brother shit you know like super reactionary 10 years ago when they you know reacting to the negative reviews for batman superman it's like oh we have to re-edit suicide squad and make it seem like it's a different movie you know? <laughs> right um, let's change the change this uh, drastically just, and yeah, yeah just dumb stuff like that so um so we'll see if kang dynasty is gonna still be on track um now that it is not even not currently in production <laughs> really really it's not even being written i guess right now because there's a strike and they don't have a writer or if they do they haven't announced it and even if they do 
that writer is on strike. Right. Or they're scabbing. So, and that's bullshit. So don't do that. Um, uh, by the way, I did finally watch Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and I did not hate it. I didn't love it. No, but, like, um, like I said, when, when I like talk to you, it's a fun, like if you go in without ultra hype, like grab yeah. a bucket of popcorn and enjoy yourself. Like yeah. it's an enjoyable movie. It's not yeah. cinema, but it's an enjoyable movie. I thought the I thought the story was really good. Yeah, like it was much better than I thought. Like uh, the Kang stuff was cool. How they like worked him into the universe and kind of like set that character up. Yep. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I laughed at any of the jokes. I don't think any of the humor really landed for me. And I definitely saw some not great CGI. Like the I thought the backgrounds looked really good, but. Paul Rudd standing in front of it clearly looked like a green screen. Yeah. Like it, I didn't think that was done well. And man, Modoc just looked like a joke to me. Like oh, Modoc looked like a joke the whole time. And the first so time, it's dumb. Modoc was so weird in that movie because the first time I saw him, it took me out of it. And then by the yeah. end, I was like, "This works perfectly. Like that's a great Modoc." <laughs> I don't know oh, how see, that yeah, worked. Yeah, I me. never. It was like the uh, first couple of times I saw him, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It just looked like they didn't try to make it look real or natural in any yeah. way. They're just like, well, let's take a picture of his face and we're going to stretch it so it's big. But that's like that just looks dumb. I don't know. It doesn't. Right. I, and I, I think I, that's I what they were going for. But also like. I guess. But eh, I okay. Like yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. It's I mean, I liked it more than um, the second one, Ant-Man and the Wasp. There you go. Um, so well, anyway, speaking of sequels. Uh, speaking, what's that? Speaking of sequels. Oh, yeah. Speaking of sequels um, and things changing, uh, we got some set photos, leaked set photos from Captain America 4, which is currently shooting. Showing that Sam Wilson, the new Captain America, has a new suit. A radically different one from the one that we saw him debut in at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier. This one kind of looks more just like a kind of a regular Steve Rogers Captain America suit. Um, and Steve, have you seen these pictures? What do you think? Yeah, I think it looks like a generic Captain America suit. Yeah. So R.I.P. Comic accurate Sam right. suit. Like that was that, that was suit, great. That suit at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier was perfect it looked amazing well and even if you're great. going to tone it down like i i get like yes that was over the top that was comic accurate like the whole nine even if you're going to tone it down like keep some of the same feel some of the same highlights yeah. something like the the primary like the white, white in and, it i thought it yeah. was so good oh yeah <laughs> i loved it it looked great but here ah, we are I just, what are you doing why is like i don't know maybe they think that it's needs to look more like captain america for people to recognize that it's captain america but i don't know i think audiences are smarter than that just the movie's called captain america and he's gonna be on the poster like we'll figure it out he's yeah. wearing oh he's wearing a red white and blue costume that must be captain america like how is how is that hard to figure out it's just because the costume very is difficult. slightly different it is extremely difficult man yeah i mean at least he was still wearing like his goggles and not like a helmet if he was like in just a straight Steve Rogers costume with a helmet and everything, I would have been like, what are we doing? And I'm still a little bit like that just because of the Falcon suit. It was so good. Yeah. Anyway. No. Uh, it's not really a story. It's all we got there. 
They well in those shots as well. We did have uh, confirmation that Danny Ramirez will be playing uh, Joaquin Torres as the Falcon as well. The new Falcon. Yep. Yeah. So that'd be so cool. So if you, so Danny or Danny Ramirez was the guy who played, uh, I guess the go between or like a, ancillary like a yeah liaison kind of type sidekick helper yeah. guy in Falcon Winter Soldier yeah to Sam so shut up Siri <laughs> I got a that's what I thought I'm like okay cool um, oh she's agreeing with us yeah, she doesn't she also does not like the Captain America <laughs> perfect perfect we perfect got it. um also, real quick, while we're talking about Marvel stuff, um, I didn't put this on the rundown because it's a rumor and who cares, but I, I thought it was interesting. Jeff Snyder also said that he heard that um, Marvel in Fantastic Four casting news uh, really tried to get for Sue Storm, which apparently Sue Storm is like a big role in Fantastic Four, like the movie's almost centered on her like it's a it's a star role and that they uh they tried to get emma stone for sue hmm. storm and she said and she asked for a certain amount of money and they said we can't do that so she said no okay which ties back into what we just talked about like disney's trying to pull back on budgets and not like overspending stuff which is also what we're about to talk about in a second here too um yeah, but at the same time for like sue theme. storm you drop the bag yeah, like, right. For like, the first you, family, you drop the bag. Yeah, and like if it's a if it's an important role, you want someone that can pull it off, like yeah. an Emma Stone. Right. You know? Um so I don't know. I don't know. Oh, the other casting rumor that I thought was cool, uh I should have said this when we were talking about Superman stuff, but um there was a rumor that James Gunn was talking to a member of the Guardians cast to be somebody in Superman Legacy. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Snyder said that that cast member he was talking to was Bradley Cooper. And he was talking to him about Lex Luthor. I think that would be cool. That would be. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's no word on whether or not that's going to happen. But My brain is now picturing a bald Bradley Cooper. I think Bradley Cooper is an incredible actor. Oh, I think yeah. everything I've ever seen him in, he knocks me out. I think he's super committed. He's super likable. And he's just so, so talented. Like, have you seen, do you see a, a star is born? Yeah. Yep. With him and lady. God. He's so good in that movie. Like yeah. I believed he was a different person in that movie. What the hell? That's how good I thought. It what was. was the old, uh, hold on. Um, there was a, a movie he was in with Jennifer Laura, several lines playbook. Oh, Silver Lines Playbook, yeah. yeah. I was like... It, right in that. Yeah. Phenomenal. He's also in a recent Guillermo del Toro movie called Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Phenomenal. Nice. Phenomenal. And how much of... Uh, he's got a small cameo in a movie that you and I were talking about recently that I don't know if either of us have finished, but we have both started, The Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh my God, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was that like, is that Bradley great. Cooper? Yes. What? I remember hearing that he was being cast and like the ultimately came out it was a cameo, but like that yeah. was that was great. 
So does he just like really like Dungeons and Dragons? Because I feel like I, why yeah. you you do you don't need to get Bradley Cooper for that small of a part? Like that's a small pun like, intended. No, no pun intended. <laughs> small role. Like is he just like yo? I love D and D. Yeah, get me into that movie. You know, I don't, I don't know, know maybe. But huh? I'm we're like a little less than halfway through it, but that's, enjoying. I'm in the same immensely. boat. Like. It's so much fun. Now I've got to go restart it after I found out my wife wants to watch it. So right, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it's fun. It's great watching a movie when you're looking at the actors. You can tell they are having a blast in that movie, and specifically, I mean, uh, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, and Hugh Grant, who I forgot was in it. Like Hugh oh, Grant yeah. is having the time of his life. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> first time he showed, like in the first couple of seconds when he showed up, I was like, "What? What? Oh yeah, yeah I, I like, remember that. that. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, super fun movie. Um, even even like wish I'd uh, seen Reggie Jean Page there, like yeah, playing the yes. ultra serious. It's just this complete turn on anything. Yeah, it, it's just really, yeah, really so a lot of fun, very fun, funny. Um, speaking of Disney tightening their belts, um, <laughs> and making huge mistakes, I guess maybe also <laughs> uh, was announced this week that Disney, uh, Disney World. Florida is permanently closing the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Final day will be September 28th. <laughs> it's hard our, not to say this without laughing. Our dreams are over, Mike. <laughs> our dreams are over. Our dreams that neither I, of us were ever going to afford are over. <laughs> I was going to say, my my dream of this was over as soon as they announced how much it cost yes. to go. And I was like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm never doing that. Right. <laughs> so yeah, there was no aspirations yeah. after those, that number of zeros dropped. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's fun. Yeah. So Disney overestimated the amount of people that wanted to spend $6,000 to stay inside a windowless hotel for two full days, I guess. Apparently. Um, and uh our and to go to the, so, the park for whatever two hours. yeah that i was like i yeah. know you said it before but yeah you get to go to galaxy's edge for two hours and other than that your entire time there is strictly regimented and you're doing this then you're doing this then you're doing this then you're doing this right what six thousand dollars <laughs> and, and you don't you, you right. go outside for two hours in two days <laughs> the the people that would want to do it there are dozens of us I just don't. Yeah, and the, yeah, the, the, the people, cost. The people that can afford to do it, there are dozens of them, and they right. If this was cheaper, I would. I've said this before. I would be their opening day. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like both you and me. Yep. When they announced this, I th- I was like, I'm going to this for my. I'm going to this as soon yep. as it opened. And then they um, about they a month the later, price. they were like, "And this is how much it costs." And you're like, "Nope, not happening." No. no. For anyone who didn't know uh, this this experience, as Mike has described it. Uh, was uh, I believe for a family of two adults and two kids would have been six grand for a two yep. night stay. Yep, which yeah. is over the top excessive. Like, yeah, I mean it's touted as this like ultra immersive. You feel like you're in space. You feel like you're in the Star Wars universe, and all that's fine. But that's a lot of money for going to the park for two hours. Like Disney's already super expensive. Like. Well, think you can just about make that. it a Star Wars grand. themed hotel, yeah. and then you can just stay there, and then go to Disney World. <laughs> I, you don't have to be locked in for two days, right? I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next steps. Is like, 
okay, you already have yeah. the the husk of whatever you had. We've got the infrastructure there, right? Yeah, just you know, uh, you know, throw throw a different branding on it and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, you and I were kind of talking like, why do we think they didn't just try lowering the price? I have no good answer for that. Cause like, I think they were given like a discount. But like a fifteen percent off six thousand dollars is it, not enough. Well, like, and, and just it was lower only, it by like a few grand. I don't know. Yeah, it was only for like Disney Visa card holders and like Disney Vacation Club members and yeah, like the people that are already going to Disney, which is not right. Not who you're like. I'm not a. I never even thought of a Disney Vacation Club member. I know. Like what? Uh, okay, cool. Like for six Just grand, you price. can you can take said family of four to the the parks and stay on resort for like yes six days, like something like yeah. that. Like they, yeah, for way longer. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you can go hang Just, out on Batu for three days alone. Yeah, and then go can, see the other three parks and yes. still be cheaper than going to Galaxy's Edge for two nights. Yes, dude. Yes. So. And like from what I saw, I saw like, you know, posts online, people that were there taking pictures like it looked cool, oh, yeah. but it didn't look $6,000 cool. Right. Like for that amount of money, I need aliens and droids walking all over that place. And I barely saw any. I saw like one or two yeah. on the thing. And like also, I think I'm sure we've talked about this before, probably in this exact podcast. But the the look of the Galactic Star Cruiser is very like a uh, rich person star like Canto Bite. You know what I mean? It's all like clean yep. and pristine and like prequely and not like I don't that's not the kind of Star Wars I want to hang out in. I want to hang out in the dingy uh, cantina. I want to go to Olga's cantina. Yeah. At bat on Galaxy's Edge. And I, I don't want to just hang out in, you know, rich person Star Wars. That's right. not the cool Star Wars. The cool Star Wars is the The most dingy, wretched hive of scum and villainy. Hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. That's where I want to hang out. Yeah, I want to hang out fucking is hanging around outside. I don't want to you know, I don't know. Yeah, we. That's what they need to do is, you know, just uh, take the first floor of it, turn it into Warriors Cantina, and like go from there. There's your baseline. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I would love it if it just became like a another Disney prop, like a hotel. Yeah, like a stand, like just the Star Cruiser on resort hotel, but it's not an immersive experience necessarily. You know? Yeah. Then yeah, I'm totally in. Amazing. I'm going. Yeah, I think they un- I think they under over overestimated. There we go. Use the right superlative there. Uh, yeah. The uh, I think they overestimated the sheer number of people that want to go and LARP for two days and spend yeah. a shit ton of money to well, do it. I I think they overestimated the amount of money that those people had. Right. I don't think they overestimated. Like, there's a lot of people oh, that dude, would yeah. love to go to that Star Wars hotel. I'm one of them. You're one of them too. But like, yeah. we don't have six thousand dollars to go for two days. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So, um, so anyway, if you were uh, looking to book that hotel, you better do it quick because the final day is September twenty eighth. Um, moving into some comics news. This is barely news. I just thought it was fun. DC announced a summer swimsuit issue. Um, uh, everybody is familiar with the character of Nort, the Green Lantern, who's kind of like a dumb dog, but also like you know, uh good enough to wield a green lantern ring apparently um so uh this in a, a clever bit of wordplay nort is going to be a central part of n- the dc 
Nort's Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Clever. Uh, it's going to be 48 pages of just DC characters in their summer swimwear. So it's kind of just like pinups of your favorite DC characters um, in probably like gimpy swimwear. <laughs> uh, it's coming out August 23rd, pretty late in the summer for a summer swimsuit issue, I got to say. Um, but fun nonetheless. And I feel like, uh, you know, when they do something like this, they bring out a bunch of different artists and it'll be um, it'll just be like a fun uh, a fun, you know, book to have, I guess. Not necessarily um, any kind of worthwhile story going on. But if you want to look at your favorite characters in skimpy clothing, skimpier than you normally get to see them in your favorite comic books week to week, month to month, mm-hmm. uh, check out the Nortz Illustrated Swimsuit Issue <laughs> on August 23rd. So it's a Jim Lee thing, isn't it? Because he was uh, the I, man. I'm, he was the man behind the uh, 1991 X Men swimsuit issue back in the day. I'm sure that he's got a page or two, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve and I were kind of talking about this before we started that they used to do X Men swimsuit issues uh, in the 90s, and they kind of fell out of fashion, you know, just because of um, social <laughs> uh, awareness, <laughs> I guess. Right. Um, uh, but it should be said that, you know, this is not just um, uh, women. This will be like male and uh, female characters. And also, um, you know, Steve and I were also talking about how, uh, you know, as comics can be uh, criticized, I guess, for showing, you know, too much. Uh, skin or like scantily clad uh, people in tights or whatever. But uh, I think you can justify that if you're writing good characters and, you know, people that, uh, you know, there's people on the right. There's a whole comics gate people that are like, you know, women should just be toys basically in these books and should only be there to, uh, you know, titillate me. Um and I think those people are kind of missing now, like yeah. current mainstream comics, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too, where, you know, you can have super sexy bodies all over the place in comics. As long as you're writing them well, then kind of, uh, you know, you can have it both ways. You realize and, as soon as you said stupid, sexy, the only thing that came into my brain was Flanders, right? Flanders. Yeah. Yes. Stupid, sexy Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> it's a given. Yeah. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm pumped for the uh, North Illustrated swimsuit issue. I'll definitely be picking that up. Um, speaking of comics, this week, your local comic book store, 007 for King and Country, number one, huh. new James Bond book on the shelves this week. Action Comics 1055, City Boy, number one, Daredevil and Echo, number one, Darkwing Duck, number five, Dune, House of Harkonnen, number five, Fury, number one. It's a Nick Fury book coming out, I think, just in time for Secret Invasion. Green Arrow, number two, Harley Quinn, number 30, Hellcat, number three, Nightwing, number 104, Sandman Universe, Dead Boy Detectives, number six, Spider-Man 2099, number, I didn't write the number down. Is this I the first one after the Dark Genesis stuff, or no? This is the it's the um, after Dark Genesis. It has this is the new miniseries. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and I think it's on issue. F- I say, um, listening to a uh, episode of 
Word Balloon comic book podcast. Uh, it was an interview with Steve Orlando, the writer of the current Spider-Man 2099 run. Um, and the interviewer was like, wow, yeah, you're they're really because this book's going weekly this month, all of May. The This book's coming out once a week. And Steve Orlando said, yeah, it's almost like there's some big movie coming out with Spider-Man 2099 in it. And they want content out around that. It's talking about <laughs> cross Spider-Verse. So, yeah, comics, they know what they're doing. Never uh, would Star Wars, push that. yeah. The uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red, number two. Star Wars, The High Republic, number ten. Storm, number one. New number one solo series for the one of the coolest X Men around. Thor, number thirty-four. Tim Drake, Robin, number nine. Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number three. Vanish, number seven. Vampirella versus the Superpowers, number one. And what's the furthest place from here, number thirteen? Steve, you picking up any of these books from your local comic book store? You getting uh, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red? Because you missed that first one. I missed the first one. I'm definitely getting the second one. Um, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Have you had a chance to read the first one? Yes, it was very cool. Nice. Yeah, I wish I had it in front of me because I don't remember the artists. There was there was one that was like I don't think there was any words in it at all. And oh it was yeah, like a visual thing that was pretty like out there yeah but also astounding like i love, I love when they do that sort and of stuff. i i'm not even sure what the story was <laughs> but it was just <laughs> great i just really really loved it yep some just very interesting visual interpretations of stuff it was great so yeah i might be picking up number two as well yeah definitely hit uh definitely in that high republic of course um curious on daredevil and echo i'll probably grab it I've been picking up the uh, Zadarsky run. I was talking to our friends down at Funky Town, uh, and Jesse was saying that um, Daredevil is actually the book currently that has pulled the most for him, like for his subscribers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? So Zadarsky's Daredevil not, is... Not just Marvel book, but like just overall... Just period, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Surprised the hell out of me. Um, yeah. And I haven't... So I haven't started the new Zadarsky run. I have all of right. them. I have not started it yet because, well, time. Uh, yeah. So I'm just sitting there with the floppies waiting, just biding my time. Uh, so I don't know. I, I probably will grab the Daredevil and Echo just for the hell of it. Uh, I yeah. did pick up um, the all of the back Poison Ivies that I had missed except for seven. Oh, dope. So I'm now up to floppies for all of them except seven. Oh, cool so cool. i can actually keep going on that story now which was awesome and then disappeared yeah, on me it's so good yeah. yeah it's really really good um i spent some time organizing my comic book collection this week which is something i have not done in a long time nice. a big stack of books that needed bags and boards got all those squared away and placed in my short boxes so that's fun it's always fun to like be like oh yeah i forgot i had this oh yeah i got this mm -hmm. oh yeah like it's fun to Visit your old friends. So I found half the books that are up. Well, I probably can't see them on the actual broadcast, but well, I can my see display them. books. I, yeah, I got to. Um, I have to get stuff, something like that, or, or like a uh, some frames or something, so I can like actually show. So show off some cool ones. I'll, not just have I'll show you boxes in, over there. I'll show you after the show. Uh, Amazon. I literally just picked up. Um, they have they're like clear plastic little shelves that you can put books on. Um, oh, cool. Kind of designed for it. And it's like, I kind of want to just put six of them up and then rotate through whatever books are on them. And that's my yeah. display. 
So oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I would like that. Cool. All right. Well, we got a couple one shots for you tonight, Steve. Why don't you kick off that first one? I feel like we've had a few in of this kind of thing specifically for this movie. We have. Uh, this one uh, is slightly better than the last one we announced. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> since our prior announcement for more cast returning for Deadpool 3 was that Peter was coming back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, awesome in itself, but uh, this week we also have confirmed that uh, Brianna Hildebrand and Shioli Kutsana, or Kutsuna have uh, signed back on to return as Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio, respectively. So, uh, two two fan favorites uh, that are back in the saddle. It seems Deadpool 3's lining up to be a bit of a... I don't know. Like, we're getting all of these guys back, and then also Logan, and I'm wondering if... Was it you that brought it up, or was I talking to somebody else where it was like, maybe they're back for like three minutes, and that's it. I mean, yeah, you never know. Yeah. You don't know because uh, we don't even know how much Hugh Jackman's going to be in it. Like, right. Is he, you know, is this going to be, you know, we, we've heard that this is going to be Deadpool versus the TVA. He's going to be jumping around in timelines and like, is Logan just going to be in one of those timelines? Is he just in one segment of the movie and then Wade jumps to somewhere else? Um, and yeah, these characters could just be there to like acknowledge like, Yes, we acknowledge that these are characters in this universe. Goodbye. <laughs> I, Deadpool, I'm going to move into the MCU and you will stay over here. You know, like, yeah. uh, we don't know. We don't know. But um, I think it would be, I feel like knowing that this is probably the last R-rated Deadpool movie that we're going to get um, before he is full on. I mean, I get, no, this is a full on MCU movie, I yeah, guess. Yeah, this but is like, full on MCU. I feel like this is still like this is the end of the original Deadpool trilogy. So whatever loose ends they're going to tie up, they're going to tie up. And whether or not these two characters move on into the MCU or not remains to be seen. Something tells me that these two are going to end up being loose ends that get tied up and they won't necessarily be showing up in Deadpool 4 or whatever. Right. I would love it if they do. I like this little like, you know, we, you know, we didn't get Deadpool as part of the X-Men. We didn't get him. We, you know, we got a joke about X-Force. We didn't really see him put X-Force together, but like he's got this little crew. You know what I mean? He's got yeah. um, Colossus and he's got Negasonic TJ, Teenage Warhead. He's got Yukio. He's got even like Cable and Domino, you know, like he's got like his little, yeah, his little team. Um, and I don't think we've heard anything about Josh Brolin coming back as Cable, but so he's probably out, but. Um, even like Dopinder and Blind Al, like he's got these like little, he's got a crew and it's almost for this version of Deadpool, it's more fitting for him to have like a ragtag team of misfits than to be, you know, with other expert mutant people, I guess. So I don't know. But anyway, glad they're back for sure. I was going to say, no matter how they end up shaping it up, I'm sure, I'm sure this team, uh, is... They'll, they'll find a way to do it right. Yeah, I agree. It's taken them so long. I hope that they are doing something good. One would hope. Yep. Uh, speaking of hope, last story we're talking about tonight is uh, just general. The first reactions for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny came out this past week, and they were 
mixed. I would say mixed to positive from what I saw. I didn't see anyone that really hated it. Um, um, but also I feel like I didn't necessarily expect this to be all A pluses across the board. Right. Cause like, I think there's really one Indiana Jones movie that is known as A pluses across the board and all the other ones are very debatable. Yeah. Like pretty much different levels and, of know, debatable, but yes, different levels of debatable. Pretty much everyone loves Raiders of the Lost. And acknowledges that that's the best one. I, but, you know, to my point, you and I had a conversation last month with a good friend of ours yeah. who ranks Raiders third out of the four Indiana Jones movies. So, right. like, those people are out there, too. Um, but pretty much across the board, everyone acknowledges Raiders is a masterpiece or is a great movie, is the, is the best one. And then from there, people love Temple of Doom. People hate Temple of Doom. People love Last Crusade. People hate Last Crusade. No one really... I don't know anyone that really loves uh, Crystal Skull, but you know all these movies are like debatable, and yeah. you know, so I don't ex- I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be bad because James Mangold is a great director. Yeah, so I like trust him for sure. So I don't think it's going to be bad. It may I I don't think it's going in expecting it to be Raiders of the Lost Ark is a mistake for sure. Um. But right, I'm go not... in expecting Last Crusade and see how you come out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, don't so expect I, Crystal like, Skull. It's not going to be that bad. I'm expecting more than Crystal Skull, right. so I guess we'll see. Um, Actually, here but, you go. Uh, personal, uh, personal dis- or, uh, indie ratings. For me? Yep. Release order. Okay. One, uh, Raiders, number one, easy. Raiders is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, then Temple of Doom, then Last Crusade, then a Distant Fourth is Crystal Skull. How right. about you? I'm probably a one three two four. Ah, it's close. I was one but... three two four for a very long time. I was one three two four, and then just watching them within the last like few years, a couple times, I was like Temple of Doom, problematic for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely not perfect at times, but the stuff that works is like so good. Yeah. And batshit crazy over the top insanity that I was just like, this is great. I love this is wild. Well, I mean, Last Crusade in comparison for me, Last Crusade pulls back from that so much that it feels a little too safe. Yeah, I'll give you Uh, that. So that loses points, which is one of the things we've heard about this. Dial of Destiny is safe. Um, Yeah. For me, Temple of Doom, I, it, in all honesty, it might just be one of those nostalgia things where in my brain, I was a way too young kid hearing Kali Ma oh, yeah. and yeah. like <laughs> scarring me oh, yeah. for life. Same, same, dude. I'm yeah. like, is that a heart? What, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> Did his hand just go into that man's that, chest? That just, yeah. okay, cool. Wait, is he still alive? That heart's still beating? <laughs> what? Oh, he's not alive now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's so insane. <laughs> How was yeah? Was that movie was PG? Yeah, that was the movie that uh, I think there was such backlash about that movie being PG that they created PG thirteen partly because of. Fair Temple enough. It's understandable yeah. after thinking about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, right. Raiders is PG too. Like any yeah. like Jaws is PG. You know, right. like there's like there was they only had. G, PG, and like R or X, you know, for like a while, you know. So, yeah, I had that fourth one to make it yeah, really that, easier to tell. There, 
like thinking about that, like there is a lot of leeway between a PG, like what we think of as a PG movie and an R yeah. movie. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but as you and I talked about recently, if this movie doesn't do well, or if it if it comes out and reviews are more Crystal Skull than they are Raiders, how long is it until we hear that James Mangold is no longer writing and directing the uh, Star Wars origins of the Jedi movie? Yeah. Um, because speaking earlier, as we sp- spoke about uh, reactionary studio decisions, Lucasfilm is definitely known for those in the last five to ten years shall we say so yeah let him cook man just let him cook i know especially like it's james mangold the guy yeah. made logan you know like he's a great filmmaker right he's a great filmmaker yeah just so. in all honesty like the fact that he made logan is it's that's enough to get him a good number of free passes for i mean just about any superhero movie that he would want to do yeah yeah i agree I agree. And hey, if he gets kicked off of... Um, oh, sh- I forgot. Origins of the- he also did what? 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Walk the Line, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, Walk the Line. He's, done some, he'd he's, he's had some bangers. Yeah. yeah, he knows what he's doing. But I was about to say, hey, if he gets kicked off of uh, Origins of the Force movie, then that just means I get a Swamp Thing movie sooner. <laughs> also true. <laughs> then, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, definitely a lot of hype, um, for James Mangold's future projects yeah. <laughs> in the, on this podcast, for sure. We'll be talking yep. about him for years to come. Um, but that's all I have yeah. for this week. Steve, do you have anything else? No, I think we'll progress into Mangold watch after flash watch is done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just tracking what James Mangold is doing. Yeah. Or when he's about to get fired from Lucasfilm. <laughs> right. And if you're extremely interested in Mangled Watch, you can feel free to continue to follow us, like, subscribe, uh, ring the bell to uh, let you know when we go live, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out immensely as far as uh, triggering the algorithm into getting more people to listen to our sultry voices. And uh, <laughs> beyond that, I think that might be a wrap, Mike. I think so. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.